0: get this we were talking about, um, about about not having any money uh, yeah. right right before we came on the air uh, and so just this last week in the beginning of February like this this uh, couple moved into the house across the street we we went to go look at the house my wife and I went to go look at the house when it was like just on still on the market like a couple weeks before
1: to and buy or to rent?
0: We, we just went to go look at it just to, you know, it, gotcha. was, it was for sale, but we just wanted gotcha. to okay. like, pretend like we had money to go look at a house. <laughs> and um, the place had a fucking like, it had a, it had a water slide in the backyard and like a, a tiered, it had a view of like the Pasadena Hills. The house sold for about $1.3 million. Like the house across the street, like literally like, like the one right across the street. And like, you know, the couple that ended up moving in was like, like way younger than us, I think. <laughs> like, oh this God. Like, this is like young kind of hip couple, probably like, um, maybe, maybe we were thinking like pro skaters or maybe, 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 maybe rock stars. We're not sure, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, like what, what that did we screw up or are they screwing up? <laughs> you know, it's like,
1: uh, well, I mean, to be fair, the house you live in could would probably sell for that if it sold. Not,
0: I mean, not the house that because I'm the neighborhood. In. The because neighborhood the neighborhood. Is, is, the neighborhood is 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 definitely like yeah, it's it's worth a lot more than it was you know just a couple of years ago. But I mean, but that that house. I mean, it's a really nice house, but still, I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, hey, I
1: told you the the one bedroom on the ground floor condo three. It's insane. Like half a block down from me sold for $775,000. It's insane. One bedroom, a one bedroom condo. It's just like, ah, it's so painful. I mean, I hear
0: about those, those, uh, those properties going up for that much all the time, but I never, I never, I never usually see like people moving in and thinking like, how, how do they afford that? You know, it's like,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not judging that
0: they, you know. It's now, yeah, I'm not judging. It's like, yeah, I guess if you, uh, work really hard, make a lot of money, buy a nice house, buy your dream house with the water slide yeah. in the backyard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> was it like a water slide or was it like a slip and slide? It
0: was a fucking water slide. It w- it went from like the, the, there's like three or four tiers in the backyard and it went oh. from one deck down and did a little loop into the pool. Shut the fuck. It's It's crazy. Yeah. You can look at it like on on uh, on Google Maps, it's like it's it's insane. And when I, mean, like, I had a lot
1: of friends who had those in high school a, and junior high when I was growing up, but
0: it's a two bedroom house. It's not like a mansion. It's like a, oh my god. I mean it's it's a it's a big nice house, but still. Anyway, should we introduce the show? Do you want to do the
1: honors? Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to Keyword Crypto. It's Michael and the bear. I'm Michael. That's JJ. He's the bear. But you know what? I am such a bear lately. I have been talking so much shit on, on really Twitter have, about yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, I was afraid. I, just been
0: like, I was afraid we were going to talk about how much we hate Bitcoin again on the show. It's like, <laughs> wow, we're, we're going to go over this again.
1: <laughs> no, I like Bitcoin for what it is. I don't like Bitcoin for what it isn't. And everybody in the Bitcoin community wants to try to make it what it isn't. So, whatever. We're going to talk about something else today because it's really important. And, uh, I sent JJ, uh, 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 in our, in our chat, a, a comment about Theta cause I've been swing training it on the 15 minute, Theta like took. an idiot. I've actually, and I don't want to jinx that I've actually turned a small profit, but I don't recommend doing that. Um, I just been, been watching it for a while and, and I just happened to be home every time it would start to go up and down. I just happened to be around. So I was like, Oh, right, you know, whatever, I'll try it. Um, But he asked me, he was like, oh, you know, what's what's your thought on that? And and I thought, like, oh, I like the idea because in my mind, Theta could potentially. So if you don't know what Theta is, it's kind of like a a decentralized um, streaming service. So kind of like YouTube, kind of like Twitch, kind of like all that stuff combined for like esports and stuff. So it's got, you know, interesting potential, but you can run dApps on it. So I was kind of in my mind, I'm trying to wrap my head around because for me as a visual artist, it's very difficult to imagine something without seeing some kind of, um, structure first or some kind of sample or some kind of like someone's trying to explain something and I need, I need to visually see it before I fully grasp what it is. So in my mind, I'm kind of thinking like a browser with a bunch of extensions, people can make kind of whatever they want for it on there. And it can have, it can be visual. It can be um, sound. It can be text. It can be print. like with, with browsers, Extensions are just kind of like whatever you can possibly imagine. And so that's what I kind of like. I I like Firefox for that reason. I like Chrome for that reason. Safari, what the hell are you doing? Hurry the hell up. Get Mm -hmm. better with the extensions. Um, But I like the idea of like kind of moving that open source, free range, create whatever you can possibly imagine thing onto a visual platform like YouTube um, or Twitch that would be kind of exciting it's like what what can people imagine because you know back when twitter first came out no artist was thinking i mean there weren't that many artists that were like you know what periscope or what was it It was periscope or was that that the first one where people Uh, were like i'm gonna make six second artistic videos oh yeah totally (laughs) and it's just like what And people started doing it and just Mm -hmm. their imagination. You never know what's going to spur imagination. So I, I I like the idea of any kind of artistic platform where people have the ability to kind of like create. And if you can do it for artists in a way that they don't have to know how to code to be able to start like creating this kind of stuff, that would be really inspiring and exciting, which kind of led us to our depressing (laughs) topic of the day. (laughs) Of artists don't get paid shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we talk a lot about 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 being artists on the show because we are we consider ourselves artists. We're creators. I think creator is probably a better term for this for this decade, for this uh, century, for this millennium. Because you know, I, like when I talk about artists, I, I talk about anybody who's got you know the creativity down, and that includes that includes programmers and developers or anyone who's creating something. Anybody who's got a vision. So. So these these uh, these um, <clears throat> right now. It's very hard to create something that has that. You know, it's just when it comes down to it, like no one really don't say w- it. No,
1: don't 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 say the V
0: word. Oh no no no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we we need to talk about it, though. It, that it's like the when it comes down to it, people just aren't willing to pay for something, and, and you know. People aren't willing to pay for media is what I want to say, what I'm trying to say. And that is because right now, ever since the, you know, the internet came around, we've had this crazy intellectual property, like conundrum. It's like, you know, when it's so easy to pirate and steal and you do it without even thinking about it, you do it without even thinking that it's wrong because everyone else is doing it. And, you know, we're used to listening to music for free on the radio. So it's like the idea of just, you know, of the idea of that just getting worse and worse. And now it's, now it's kind of way blown out of proportion.
1: No, look, dude, nobody's pirating music anymore. That's so passe. What are you talking about? You got about? Spotify, you got Apple Music, you got so many free I disagree. options.
0: I, I think all over the place on YouTube, people are using other
1: people's music, other people's content, other people's... Okay, so and like, stealing IP.
0: Oh, yeah. But so not
1: to like, listen to. They're using it for artistic reasons, and that's even worse.
0: Well, yes and no. I mean, I think it gets into really kind of muddy waters when it comes to, you know, what is what is worse? And I mean, I really don't know because it's, it's such a complicated problem. And like, I don't really want to get into that because like intellectual property and copyright on the internet, that's just like, that's, that's, that's a lifetime of, of figuring out that problem. I don't know how anybody's going to deal with it um, because it's not, you know, it's it, I get, I think the reason it's so complicated is because it's not a a legal issue anymore because we're not creating under the, we're, we're creating not under, on, under a state law, we're we're creating under Google's law, under YouTube's law. So it's like, yeah, these, these, these platforms, they are the ones that create the rules that we have to play by. And that's crazy. I mean, because we don't have any voice in that. It's not a democracy. We don't get to say, Hey, I mean, you can appeal your demonetization on YouTube or whatever, but in the end, Google is the one who's going to be able to say, no, you shouldn't get, we're not, you're not getting paid for that because, because our advertisers say no, or because so-and-so gave you a, a copyright strike or whatever. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons that something like Theta decentralized YouTube, I think would be really useful for, because, you know, we don't want, we did an entire episode about how Google is basically going to take over if they haven't already. And, and, and like, one of the things that's great about crypto and these decentralized projects is it really does challenge the, these big tech giants like Amazon and Google.
1: So, so the thing I was pushing back you against about um, with stealing music in the sense of like, so for listening, I think it's a lot worse to steal someone's music and then pass it off as your own. That's a lot worse than stealing a song just to listen to because, in my mind, like art is supposed to be listened to. And if you can't afford it, I still want you to listen to it. And then eventually, maybe you'll be able to afford it, or maybe you'll be able to pay for a concert ticket, or maybe you'll. But like, if you're taking my music or my art and then trying to pass it off as your own, I'm gonna fucking try to hunt you down and kick the fucking shit out of you because that's just. I mean,
0: what about, what about
1: ultimately a, awful? That's just like, there's, in my mind, there's nothing worse than that from an artistic standpoint of stealing someone's art and trying to pass it off as your own.
0: Well, I mean, like we used to make mixtapes for each other and then, you know, DJs would make mixes for sale and, you know, it's, there's a lot of weird gray
1: area in there. Yeah, as but far they as would what, never say, I made this song they would give you a track list and say, this is this artist. No, not this always. is that artist. I mean... This is the name of this song. Like like there was, people gave credit because people would be like, oh, this is a great song. What's the name of it? And if you didn't have the track listing on there, people were like, dude, come on. Like I want to buy more of this person's music and you're not telling me who it is get your shit together. And so every mixtape I always had, there was, I was, I would always put the track lists, every hmm. DJ, Mixed CD I, I bought always had all the tra- all the track lists and the artist names on there and like so you go out and you can support them if you want and 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 I think when you're doing a DJ, um, CD from like Tower Records back in the day, the music was getting residuals that the DJ was using. Yeah, so it's like people were getting paid. Everyone was getting paid, and
0: yeah, and I mean but, it's but, always but, been a, but
1: to and, to to combat the problem. I think people, there's two, there's two things. So there's two ways of looking at it. And and we have the same problem with drugs in America is you can try (laughs) to get people to stop or you can give them a reason to stop on their own. And with music, we did that with Spotify. People tried to, people were pirating, torrenting, torrenting, torrenting. People were like, you know, you'd have the, the record studios find out who the torrenter was and, send them cease and desist. And you heard about these, uh, you know, women who were downloading a a bunch of stuff and got hit with a bill for like $300,000 from the record studio. And it was just like, they realized Mm -hmm. how bad they were looking. And then all of a sudden Spotify came along and nobody, why would you spend your time torrenting music when you can just listen to it for free on Spotify? It's yeah. just like a I mean, gate, all of a sudden torrenting just for music just fell off, you know, it plummeted. Like, I yeah, don't think I, anybody's really doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. I just think that, like, the issue of IP, of intellectual property on the internet, is going to see complications that we can't even conceive of right now. Like, as far as, like, who owns what and who gets, I mean, just like... If you use a uh, if you use something from the public domain in a video that you call your own and then somebody else's use is the same thing and like you know i'm i'm a I'm a music composer, that's what I do for a living and sometimes I'll use like a uh, like a preset sound from like a a keyboard or a synth or something like that and uh and like i' it's a it's a preset sound it's public domain i'm I'm allowed to use it, but then like you know. Like Ariana Grande, her, her producer, will throw the exact same preset into one of her songs, and all of a sudden, I get stuck with the copyright issue where I'm not allowed to use that song anymore because now she owns it. So that, like, that's just an example yeah. of how crazy complicated it's going to get, and that's not even talking about the internet and YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like I don't want to use any stock footage in my videos because... What if somebody else comes along and uses the same thing and then it claims it for their own? Like, I just don't want to deal with that. But still like that's, when it comes down to it, I think right now is that people don't want to, I don't think, yeah, it's like people don't want to pay for, for media, they don't want to pay for content. I, I mean I don't know how well like YouTube premium is doing right now I imagine it's doing okay but that's like basically that's no, so it's, that actually, peop-
1: it's doing shitty
0: it's really bad I mean I I use it because I love it because I use YouTube music I think it's great but um yeah I guess I guess people are just willing to put up with the ads or like get an ad blocker and an ad blocker is really just kind of like piracy to me so it's like yeah I mean I I don't know it, it it's it gets weird. It's like
1: there's act. no way that an ad block blocker is piracy. There's so much fucking bullshit that people are 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 putting in code that can damage your computer if you allow that shit on. If you allow ads to come through, I'm sorry. It's just like they did that to themselves. They they fucking threw up on your computer screen, and then there's 99% ads and 1% media. It's just like that's just not the way to do it. And then on top of that, it was slowing down people's computers and it was infecting people's computers with viruses. And it was just like, this is, this is getting out of control. And so, and then they're following you and cookies and this and that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. they got greedy and this is what happens when people get greedy.
0: It's uh, it's, it's definitely the wild west right now. And that's actually the main thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is that, you know, a lot of what we are talking about, um, we kind of we're we're talking about it from a certain perspective and um, michael and i both you know we we're, we grew up in the 80s and 90s very pre-internet we we remember very clearly what it was like before the internet so yeah. for, for us it's like you know uh, especially with the way that the way that we were taught, the way we were taught to like go after life and and succeed and things like that. Like this idea of like, you go to school and you get good grades and then you go to college and then after college you get a job and then you save up money and then you eventually retire. Like nobody had any clue how much that was going to get challenged and disrupted, disrupted by technology and, and how, and, and, you know, we can argue about whether that was like kind of an an institutional thing that we were, we were raised in or whatever. But the truth is, is now, now it's like all of these old ideas of how to, how to have a career, how to, how to have a job. Like a lot of these things are really changing. Like, and it's, and it's painful if you, if you kind of were kind of taught in the old ways, you know, for instance, let me th- here's a good example. Like, just going to work for a company now I'm for, let's say, let's say, you know, 2003, 2004, you graduate from college, you go to work for a company and like, you don't really think about much, you don't really think about like the company and what you provide the company. You just work there and you're an employee and you show up for work every day and you do your job and you maybe do it well. But I feel like now that every single business really has to like, you as an employee and the business, like you have to really examine uh, Michael's favorite word here, which is the V word, value. <laughs> it's like everybody is concerned with like how valuable you are as an employee, how valuable you are as a freelancer, and and all of this stuff is like, yeah, it's it's good because it gets us to analyze what we are actually doing with our lives um, rather than just showing up for work every day because that's what you're supposed to do. And after 10 years of doing that, you don't even know why you do it anymore. Now I th- I feel like everybody who is a working adult has to really look at what they are providing for their business, for their clients, for their community, all of these things. And I think that's something for, for people who are our age or a little bit older, that might not come as naturally. I think as technology develops and as things like, you know, I know, I know somebody who's, you know, I, I know this person, she's in her twenties and I don't think she's ever had trouble getting a job. And, and she's always worked at places that she was, she was happy to work at. And I, I'm pretty sure she does social media marketing. Which is something that when I was in college, if you said that you were going to do social media marketing, not only would people not understand what you were talking about, but if you described what it was, they would laugh at you. What, you're going to sit on a website and you're going to chat with people and you're going to send people links all day. That's pretty much what 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 some people do, and they do these social media management for for uh, companies. And like that is such a valuable and important thing for any business. Like I, I need you to build our social network. And that's huge. Right. And it's, I think it's hard for, for, for some people to even conceive of, of how you're going to work, how you're going to, what your market value is going to be like, what, how are you going to make yourself, how are you going to make yourself valuable in that market? I don't know, Michael, what do you think? How, how do you make yourself valuable in, in the market that you are in? I think for, that's
1: just a bullshit word. Value? Sorry. Yeah. I think it's a fucking cop out to not have to value human beings anymore. It's just about it's, they're, it's putting a number on what they're worth. It's like saying it's like the idea of of some kind, some certain medicines in private private insurance companies saying, "Well, it costs too much, mm-hmm. so we're not going to do that surgery for you." And it's just like, "What do you mean it costs too much?" So you're actually putting a value on someone's life, a number. And I just, I don't like that idea because it just, it, 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 well, you it takes away the humanity of, of, it takes away what makes people human, which is their humanity. And it, it, it comes to, and it breaks people down into robots. Like this is your output. This is your input. And, you know, it, it's, it's not a net positive. So we're not going to keep you around anymore.
0: What if you're not thinking about it as a number? I mean, what if you're just thinking about it like the, whatever you provide for your, the the people who pay you, for whoever, like whatever you do for the people that, that want you around. I mean, you can't say that that is bullshit because why would anyone ever want to work with you if you didn't have something to give them? Because, I, I, you're, because they see you as a human being and that's why they, they want to work with you. I mean, maybe,
1: maybe. I think that's just, I think, I mean, I I think when we start to use the word value, we start to break people down in in those terms. And it's a, and it's a word I've been hearing over the last few years that's comes down to corporate and it's coming, it's a top down word. It's a corporate Hmm. word. And it's, it's, I don't like the idea because as opposed to having like real, here's the thing. So, And I've noticed over the last 20 years is is corporations and companies and, and everyone's just using a lot more buzzwords to kind of sound intelligent and sound like they are smarter than people or in the know or, or part of the system. And I don't think they realize that in the process, a lot of these buzzwords just kind of make them sound like robots and automatons. And it's just like, I do, as a person who deals with language for a living, I don't like when people dumb down language and use, use one word to kind of describe everything over and over again. And everyone kind of uses the same words over and over again. Cause I think it, it well, what's takes a word away. You,
0: what word would you use in its place? Cause um, I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm, we can defi- uh, we can use whatever word, but it's there. It's like, you know, if I, if sure, I would just say, yeah.
1: so I would say this is, this is a list of the job duties. Are you fulfilling them?
0: So wait a minute. So like, so if I, if I'm gonna have an internet business, and I I'm gonna be selling a product or something, or I'm gonna be selling a service, like I need to I need to analyze. I mean, I have to think about like why would people want, why would people hire me for my service over the next guy? And uh, I mean, in the market, you'd say that okay, I have an edge. And the edge, is that a buzzword? I don't know. It's because to me, I would think that my edge is that, you know, as a music composer, I work specifically on, you know, on, on short form narrative, like TV commercials. That's my edge. That's my niche. And, uh, my, my, my edge within that niche is that I can work faster than anyone else. Like I would say that that's my edge. That's the value that I can add. Now, I'm not using the word value, like to dumb down the language. I mean, it means something specific in that case, and that's just my perspective.
1: I'm not no, thinking about I, it. No, I'm not. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you about the meaning behind it. I'm saying, we we've gotten into semantic arguments before. Yeah, they don't they don't go anywhere. <laughs> no, and it's just because like I have a very specific way of thinking, and I don't like certain words, because I feel like certain words are used to oppress poor people. Or I agree. Oppress working class people. And I feel like that's one of them. And because it's very easy to, for a company to say, this factory no longer provides us with value because back in the day when that was the only factory in the company and the company had a relationship with the community because the c- company helped make the community strong and the community helped make the company strong even if they weren't producing in the in the in the black every single year they still provided a lot of value to each other but then once globalization happened They could now say that company, you know, from 10,000 miles away, just say, oh, on a piece of paper, you know what? That company doesn't provide value to us. Let's get rid of it. Because they're not thinking about all the families and all the people that rely on that job and make that entire community function. And so you take away that one thing and you've collapsed an entire region or town or neighborhood. And all of a sudden, it's not numbers anymore, it's human lives. And so I think that's what, I don't know, let's get let's get back to crypto. I do <laughs> wanna say one thing. You and I, if you're a Gen Xer, we're the first generation that has had to learn something life-changing like the internet, because it's a whole, mm-hmm. it's just completely revolutionized everything um, since probably our great-grandparents who had to transition from no radio to radio and then from no TV to TV. So those were two forms that, and then from like no cars to cars. Because those two, those three things were epic in terms of how many people lost their job and how many people had new jobs because of those industries. Right now, there isn't a lot of replacement jobs in internet compared to how many jobs are being lost. And we're seeing that we're seeing that in the amount of new jobs that are created that don't offer the same um, pay structure as what we were used to for the same amount of hours doing same thing. So like, you know, they're saying, Oh, it's, it's record level uh, unemployment, low like record, record levels of low unemployment, but the vast majority of those jobs don't offer, don't pay enough for people to survive. So they have to have two of them. And that's why there's, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why there's so like, like, unemployment is so low is because some people are working like one and two, like more than one job just to survive. Um, So I think that's interesting is because I think millennials get a lot of shit um, from me, (laughs) Um, (laughs) from everybody. But Gen Xers, we're we're also the first generation that's going to be dramatically impacted at an older age where it's harder to get work by automation. We're already starting to see it now. And in 20 years, right when when the vast majority of our generation is starting to retire or needing to retire, let's just say 10 years. So they're going to be 10 years away from retirement, and they're just going to start getting fired, like right before retirement hits. And so trying to find new jobs when you're 50, 55, 60, 65, it is next to impossible, as a lot of baby boomers boomers are finding out right now, because there's no more wealth. And they've you know the corporations are sucking it dry. So... I think these are the things that with crypto, we need to, you know, to to bring it back to cryptocurrency and crypto in general, we need to kind of figure out these things. We need to start thinking in the long term, who's going to lose work because of this? Who's going to gain work because of this? How can we structure society so it's an easy transfer? Because in the past, we haven't thought about it. And we just said, oh, people will figure it out. You know, and then and now yeah. we're realizing with this transition to automation, there there aren't a lot of jobs to move people over to. So we can't just say, "Oh, we'll figure it out," because people are going to be sleeping in the streets, and they already are. I mean, more and more people we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, uh, great depression type uh, homelessness pretty soon if we don't figure this out and think ahead. That's why so many people are pushing for UBI, Universal Basic Income, is because they're realizing, "Oh shit." We're losing a record level amount of jobs, but there aren't a record level of jobs replacing them like there had been in the past. So when we got rid of like a horse and buggy, we introduced the car and we had factories. And so many people were working in those factories that it really kind of made up for that job loss difference. But that's not happening now. Factories are closing left and right. You know, it's getting shipped overseas or robots are taking over. Um. And we need to start thinking about this and how cryptocurrency can potentially solve this if it can, because, you know, can money solve stuff?
0: I mean, it's definitely going to change the dynamic. One thing that I learned, I think that this is one of the changes that happened to me uh, in 2017, 2018, was just seeing the way, uh, I mean, with with crypto we got a brand new we got a brand new stock market, right? A um we got we basically got a new version of of the New York Stock Exchange except it was unregulated and it was the wild west and it was happening it was it was the volatility was crazy. I mean the the things that would take the stock market 5 years were happening in 1 week in crypto. And I think as I watched that, which was, you know, finance was never something I was really that interested in. You know, I went to school for engineering and science and and then I, you know, ditched that to become an artist. And so kind of seeing it happen so quickly and like being forced to learn about it, that was when I started to realize, you know, okay, this is the most kind of... This is a market developing. This is how a market works. It's almost like if you ran a computer program to model a, a new digital market, and then you ran it at top speed, that's kind of like what crypto was. And so I think that from that, I kind of learned that, that well, I, under, I I started to learn the way things were kind of traded. Bought and sold, whether it was things like, you know, the Amazon marketplace or it was crypto or it was just like, you know, trying to have your own website uh, or, or have a Shopify store or whatever, like have a Facebook group. And then the other thing is, is that it taught me to kind of look at what what I could do myself. Like that's, I think... Well, you, before we were chatting, Michael and I were chatting on our on our Discord group, and we were like talking about well, what's it going to be like in in ten years? What's it going to be like in twenty years? Is this going to be is this really going to be the last like like you just said, is this going to be the last the last generation of people who can work before they start getting laid off before robots take over? Like if that's the case, then everybody is going to, it's going to come down to people's individual abilities to basically see where they are needed and like that doesn't and, and and to your point that doesn't really bode well for people who cannot think that creatively or cannot think that like uh, that that people that are, that are that are not as good at um, looking critically at a situation um, some people are really good at that. I mean, you see like stuff like, if you just watch YouTube, you can see it. Like man, like people people who like 15 years ago probably would have had one niche can now do like 10 different things. Like I'm, I'm in like, you know, as like a as a music composer, it's really hard for me because now I go on YouTube and I see like, oh, now if you want to be a music composer, you also have to be a cinematographer and an editor and a director and an actor. And it's yeah. like, man, how did that how the hell did that happen? Yeah. Like so quickly. Like before I even realized it, everybody who has my skill all ha- they all have every other skill too related to that industry. So it's like like there's a I mean, there's a lot of people who are going to miss that and they're going to they're going to wake up and they're going to be like man I got laid off and I don't know how to look for a new job because all of the new jobs require so much and yeah. they require me to know how to program and they require me to know how social media works and they require me to know how marketing works and all of these things that like like not everybody is going to learn that and and the, the the good news in in my opinion is that if you if you are ambitious if you actually enjoy a challenge, then a lot of these, these, these kind of new skills that are going to be useful, that that these skills that are going to be in demand in the future, a lot of them you can learn if you have an internet connection, a lot of them you can at least learn about, you can discover how you can learn more about them. I mean, you can, you can take programming courses on the internet for free, and that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I I do think there's a lot of opportunity for people these days, even if they don't realize it. Now what I, Now what we are worried about, what Michael and I are concerned with is the people who don't have the internet, the people who don't have access to this, the people who are not learning it now because they can't, because they've got to worry about finding food for their kids. Like what about those people? Like what about the people that just don't have the privilege that we have to sit yeah. here on a podcast and talk to each other? And like that, that is something that we all need to be thinking about because that will be a big problem because like, just like, think of, think of the internet as like one big trading game, right? Basically all the wealth goes to like the 1% and everybody else has nothing. That's basically what happens when you play Monopoly, right? It's like one person ends up with all the money and everybody else ends up with zero. So like basically the internet as an unregulated market, Is doing that. And we're going to get a new 1%. And if we're, and what Michael said is if we're not, if we don't put some system in place, we just let people work it out. Then we're going to end up with a lot of people with nothing. And, and just a few people with everything. At least that's the way I see it. And it's, it's, you can already see it happening.
1: Well, you can, you can complain about taxes all you want. You libertarians out there, you know how I feel about you, but We've had an experiment in this country since 1980 when Ronald Reagan took office about shrinking government, lowering taxes, uh, because people knew how to use their money more wisely than the government did. And we should trust private corporations because private corporations are more successful and better at doing stuff than than the public sector. Now, it's a failed experiment because we know for a fact that the public sector does – is wildly way more successful than the private sector. The post office is way more successful than UPS and FedEx. Um, you said the private
0: sector the, the, the public sector is more successful than the yeah. private sector. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah.
1: The post office is way more successful than FedEx and and I guess UPS. so. I mean and, and we know we make all kinds of
0: arguments against that. Because
1: though. there are none that are legitimate. There are none that are that are based in science and data because you have two companies that don't have to be open every single day of the week because uh, now the post office delivers on Sundays. You have two companies that just say, uh, no, we're not going to deliver there because it's too far away. Post office doesn't say that. And then you have them who say, oh, mm-hmm. we, we don't deliver letters because they're not uh, – Uh, a a net profit for us. The post office doesn't say that either. The post office has been, uh, uh, that's a example in I the mean, black since the beginning. And the only time it didn't was when a Republican Congress tried to uh, successfully not tried. They successfully made them have like 50 years worth of, of, uh, of pension fund locked up. That's the only reason why they're not completely in the black. Um, you have healthcare, you know, Medicaid has a 1% loss rate due to um, uh, back end billing, all that stuff. Private sector has anywhere from thirteen to seventeen percent loss rate. They they're, they're just hemorrhaging money left and right. So everywhere you see childhood hunger in the seventies didn't exist. We, there there wasn't a stat for childhood hunger. It didn't exist. All of a sudden, once the the conservatives came in and they said, you want know to. uh, private sector can do it better. We're going to have charities, private charities do it instead. Now 20% of kids in America, the richest country in the world are hungry. They we're don't know where of, they're going to get their next we're meal. We're talking
0: about something different. We're talking about new industries. We're, we're not about new. Not. We're not. Yes.
1: This is what. That's what I'm talking no, about. There's, I, but there but is that, no. No, there's no, no, you're com- not no, listening. This is what it's all I, I'm about. I'm listening to you. I Dude, understand. This is what it's that. all about. It's this idea that private sector can do it better. This, this plutocratic Davos, um, Aspen Institute bullshit where rich people destroy the system no, and then come it, in and Michael. say, I can fix it. Now, hold on, no. let me finish. So what this comes down to is that when we say, Oh, you need to you know be proactive and you need to figure this out all on your own or you know give you know give tax breaks to the rich people and they'll fix things no that's bullshit the thing is when you have a stable community that pays taxes that looks out for each other that puts social safety nets in place a lot of this stuff doesn't happen people don't fall through the cracks people you know they're 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 put into work just to help them get by until something better comes along like that's like we have work programs we have this we have that we have social security we have unemployment we have all these things because that's how you keep a stable company going, a stable country going. And, and we have to think about that as well as what value do I offer to the country? Because it can't just be about me, it has to be about us. And the the whole kind of like the whole purpose about decentralization is when you rely on one private entity as a point of failure, and that collapses, and all these people who relied on it, because they put all their stock in it, it collapses, that collapses an entire community. But when you have a community that everybody pitches in financially and has all these different social safety nets in place all the way around, not relying on one entity to, to, to protect you and fix it for you, then all of a sudden you have a little bit more security, a little more safety. So that's what that's like government is decentralization. That's, and I know, I know it kind of sounds weird like that, but the whole purpose of government is they don't just say, okay, I have a thousand dollars. So if you lose your job, here's a thousand dollars. No, they say, okay, we have social security in place. We have Medicare, we have snap, we have this, we have that, we have all these different things. So if you fall through any one of these little cracks, there's protection for you. And we're going to need this going into this new generation you i
0: mean that's you make a really good point that like government actually is kind of the perfect type of perfect kind of decentralization it, if 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 government works well it's run by the people but like i'm talking about like i mean every every example that you just brought up is is we have we have two systems we have the public and the private but we've got all kinds of new shit that like the the government does not have they don't have a competitor to what Google is doing and what Amazon is doing. Now, like now you might be because able to say
1: conservatives that conservatives had said, no, we don't want that. And they've actually right? actively put, put, put legislation in place. So you can't have a public option for, for your internet, for your ISP in certain well, okay. states. I like, mean, that, even if they are, even that should okay, be against even, the law. Even if they
0: like ever ruled that, internet service was a utility and that it was regulated by the government and that the government actually provided it like that's one thing but i'm talking about like the things that the the innovation that that amazon and google are bringing to the world to to the entire world actually and i i think that in the next 5 or 10 years we're going to see some crypto some cryptocurrencies bring that same kind of innovation and I don't think the government... I mean, I just don't see how the government is going to t- have a place. In it. I just don't know where they're going to fit It's not the government's
1: in. job to innovate. It's the government's job to create stability. And I think okay, that's so, what people forget a lot. They're like, well, you know, uh, I don't want the gover- government doing all this stuff for me, blah, blah. No, it's not about them doing stuff for you. It's about catching you when you slip through the crack. That's all their job is. Well, there's that's, just it's not... It's supposed to keep you safe. There's not a public option for a, a lot of the
0: you don't want a a public option in a free market. No. When, 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 when you need it it to
1: survive, you do. Yes, you do. Um, I don't want I don't want a government option for for the browser I don't want a government option for uh a smartphone I don't wanna like those aren't life I, I'm talking about like life essential things the mail back then was essential for livelihood because you had like that's why you had and and it, it's not you know? a profitable endeavor and so you had I, to have a government do that for you I think that 20 years we're gonna see
0: internet as something that like it's going to be very, very difficult to live and work without it. Like, yeah, oh, it already uh, is.
1: And, it uh, already yeah, is, and that's why people are fighting for uh, community ISP, that, that your, your, you know, your, your city runs, has its own ISP, and then you can pick. Because right now, it's a complete monopoly. Like I have to have spectrum, I have no choice. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have a public option. I would love to have some actual competition.
0: Yeah, let's, let, I mean, let's hope that happens. That would be great. I mean, there's, they have it in other places of the world. I know that uh, there are some, like, there's, I guess they might be partnerships that sort of towns and cities have, Uh, you know, like, what is it, Seattle has citywide Wi-Fi or something like that? Yeah. They just bu- built into their, their utility.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, so, like, we're getting way off track here from cryptocurrency, but. Well, I mentioned it
0: a Couple of times. <laughs> I know I, I said I, well, the well, word twice. My, my point is that is that we're gonna see like I could imagine cryptocurrency in ten or twenty years as being something that you almost have to treat like a utility too. I mean, for instance, HoloToken Token or you know Cardano or or one of these that's like basically uh, new infrastructure, new internet infrastructure. Basically, it's going to. The idea is that it will replace, you know, the internet that we have. Um, pretty common idea in crypto. You get it all over the altcoins. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like that, I feel like a lot of a lot of people are already thinking about how do we set this up in a way that doesn't that doesn't lead to that one percent. You know, just dominating. Well, you do or, that uh, through
1: regulation. You do that through good governance. You do that through. I mean, it, it, well, people, yes, say, you, people say people say in crypto all the time. Good governance. Good governance. We need good governance. No, no, like. Yes, well, you, you also, do, and that's well, and that's the same with, with government. You need good well, governance. You need hold on, hold on. Smart people like, in place. Uh,
0: I was about to say. I was about to say. I also think that there is more like the, the more awareness there is about this idea, you know, that we're taught what we're talking about right now, that you don't want to leave people behind. I think that it does become something that people do care about and when you when you're building a project you don't want to say oh yes this is going to be the project that's going to take over and leave 90% of the world homeless I mean you don't you don't say like that it, you should invest in my project it's going to make most people in the world homeless no I mean like I'm going to build a project that's going to bring the most to the most people That sounds like an amazing project. Here's how it does it. Here's how it works. Here's how it works with a mathematical model. And here's how it works practically in the world. And here's our roadmap to to launch it and to build it out. So here's the problem with
1: that. Unless you have an economic model, how people can make money off in in the short term upfront, they don't want to invest in that. And that's what's, and so so a coder, I don't know his name. um, Apparently, Grin, the new token on, on Wimble that came out a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a really good solid coder who was trying to, um, just work solely on that project. And so people put together a, uh, uh, not Patreon, what are the, a, a, a GoFundMe campaign. And nobody was in, was nobody was pitching in and you're like, okay, so if you want this, this thing to work, If you want it to actually be decentralized, if you want to actually have solid code, then you got to figure out a way to support these people. And if nobody wants to pitch in, then how are you actually – then how do you expect this stuff to happen? And so it's the frustrating thing about ICOs are good because people can actually get some money together in the beginning,
0: yeah, that's one of the things about crypto that that is unique is that you have all of these things, and they are they also calling themselves money, and so people are thinking, oh, okay, well, if it's money, then I want some. So the 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 uh, the motive for for investing for a lot of these is well, I'm going to be a part of this thing that's going to be that's going to be worth more in the future. So I think like that's kind of built into uh, built into that that like the market is built into that. Well, and, it's frustrating I don't, because America's, I don't think that's, I don't America's think that's trying great, to take
1: that away from us. America's I, trying I to take ICOs away from us. And and that's the, one of the major f- f- sources of funding for new startups and new projects. And, and then it turns into a VC backed fund instead. And VCs are only going to invest in stuff they can make a ton of money off of.
0: Yeah, no, it's it. That's that's bullshit. I mean, like, I mean, I don't mean to say what you're saying is bullshit. It sucks that like, I mean, I, ICOs. I mean, yeah, they're ripe with scams, but like still, it is the most pure form of investing that I can think of. It's like, okay, here's a project. It's up to you to decide whether I'm, you know, whether I'm legit or not. But yeah, I think that's yeah. great. I mean, if like if if I have a, a if I have a project that's going to bring a new en- internet to the world and this is how I'm going to do it and it's going to be something that everyone can use and it's going to make humanity greater, it's going to make the world a better place, it's going to make it safer. It's going to whatever. Like you want to invest in this because it's going to be worth more. Like, you give that people that. I mean, that's what, like, Richard Hart's doing, man. You know, it's like his Bitcoin hex thing. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, he's actually making a better... He claims he's making a a much better version of Bitcoin with all of these reasons, but the main reason that you should buy it is because it'll make you fucking rich. And he doesn't, you know, he just... Yeah. He doesn't, like... He doesn't, he doesn't beat around the bush. He's like, yes, I know that people will invest in this if they know that they can make
1: money from it. I actually like his project. I like the idea. I like the concept behind it. sounds behind cool. It.
0: And I like the fact that he doesn't have any veneer about it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a high and mighty project. He's like, no, no. Like, the, Statistically, people in crypto get rich by doing this. Yeah, <laughs> Do this and you'll get rich. I mean, I don't know. He's always, I don't know, Richard Hart, man. I know. <laughs> Richard Hart is such a weirdo.
1: Vampire. Vampire Richard yeah. Hart. Crypto hey, Dracula. So I think that's a great place to end. So
0: everybody. Oh, man, I feel like we didn't even get started. <laughs> no, yeah. was... Actually, you know I'll, I'll end on this. and I want to say that I know we talked about some pretty depressing things if you're, if you're if you're if you're if you're getting older and you feel like there's no place for you in the new market, just keep in mind that right now, even though it seems like a lot of doors are closing, there are actually way more opportunities available then you oh realize God. and 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 this the, the thing part, is is
1: this the part where I, I puke <laughs>
0: No, I'm going to say like this, the one of the great things about, about, about technology right now- And you right can now, find
1: those great opportunities for only 10.99 on <laughs> jj.com. <laughs> no, I, you
0: just have to sign up for my $999 course where I teach you how to make the most. No, what I wanted to say is that like right now is like one of, like, you know, remember, uh, maybe you don't remember in, in 2001, but in 2001, to 1999, anyone could create a website and get funding for it anybody could do anything like it was like your your imagination to the limits really like right now we're we're almost about to enter like a new bubble I feel like a new tech bubble a new everything bubble but now if you have an idea if you like have some weird crazy idea now is the time to actually pursue it and to create a a a blog or like a YouTube channel or a podcast like we're doing. I mean, like if there's something that you're really passionate about, like now is the time to really get into it because it will, it will allow you, it will give you access to all of these opportunities to learn more about what what people are going to care about in the future, and I think that's a really cool thing for us. I'll push and, back and on
1: one thing. I don't like when people say anyone because I've, I've been pushing back okay. on all the all yeah, the no. all the Bitcoin hacks because they're like anybody can run a node, anybody yeah, can true. mine. It's totally decentralized and open source. It's like yeah, and if you're a fucking poor person in Ethiopia, you can't fucking run a node. That's true. You can't no, you, mine. You, you like, got to. There are limitations, and that's why it's a that's why it's a complete plut- plutocracy.
0: And I also don't like the you know the uh, motivational speakers that are on Twitter going like anybody who has like, you know, access to the internet and in like five hours a day should be fucking rich by now. It's like, no, you're an asshole. Yeah. And like, you don't quite understand what people have to deal with. But my point is that like, just because like, you may seem like your opportunities are, are, are drying up right now. Like if you have the ability to look for more opportunities there, they'll be there. Like, yeah. I honestly believe that they will be there. You're going to have to start right now.
1: A different, like, What I wanted to get across with this is things are going to shift rapidly in the next 20 years. And JJ, JJ and I lived through one of those changes with the internet. And so we're very, very aware of how devastating it can be to people who aren't prepared for that. So just keep your mind open, like be prepared, be open to change. Uh, just because we're gonna have to just to survive, and also vote, call your Congress people, make sure they are voting to actually make your life better, not yeah. rich people's lives. Not just your Congress. I mean,
0: you're like your local, your 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 regional government, because that's even where your voice has even more yes. more uh, more uh, more impact. All right. All right, that's it. So check us out on Twitter at keyword crypto, and uh, yeah but well, that's pretty much where we're active these days. <laughs> and, you can find me and Michael. And, yeah. yeah, We're there. We're talking about all kinds of things. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate for tuning you. tuning in. Bye-bye.